Welcome to another podcast in the Gainsborough Winter Pressures podcast. A podcast in which we talk to people in and around the Gainsborough, West Lindsay and Lincolnshire area about the support being offered for the most vulnerable people in our community during this winter time. We talk to the experts from uh, town councils, city councils. We talk to experts from the NHS and the agencies that are out there offering help and support for people during winter time. This support could be a group, a chit chat group, a knit and knack group, uh, a warm space where you can have a cup of tea and a, maybe a slice of cake or meet a few people, get yourselves out of the house. Or it could be helped with a food parcel or could be helped with uh, utility tokens to help you get through the winter. This is the Gainsborough Winter Pressures podcast and it's overseen by Stepping Stone Theatre for Mental Health and I'm Bill from Stepping Stone. And we've got a very interesting guest on today. I've been wanting to talk to him for a long, long, long time. Now, I know I normally say that, but this is true. Uh, no big introduction just yet, but please welcome to the Gainsborough Podcast, Grant. So, like I said, I've been wanting to talk to this chap for a long long time uh, he's a very very busy man and uh, as i said in my earlier introduction his name is grant and that's all i'm going to tell you at the moment because i'm going to let grant speak for himself hello there grant welcome to the podcast hello bill thanks uh, good to join you not a problem thank you for agreeing because you're a busy busy man um, <laughs> this is the Gainsborough Winter Precious podcast. It's a podcast in which we talk to people from in and around Gainsborough who are connected to agencies or they have some kind of uh, role in the community that helps people with winter pressures and with warm spaces or just takes, generally takes care of what's happening in the community. So your name's Grant and you are based where and you do what, sir? Yeah, so my... Um my lovely council issued job title is communities manager. Um, I work for West Lindsay District Council. I'm based from in the council offices in Gainsborough, but work right across uh, West Lindsay um, on uh, a, a huge range of uh, community projects, activities, and services. That is, it's a mammoth role. It's like saying I'm the I'm the king of the county. <laughs> but what do you actually do? What if we could kind of uh, condense what you do? What kind of community yeah. projects do you work on? So we've got a communities team uh, within the council, and some of the things that we do on a daily basis, we run a range of different community grant schemes and do a lot of funding work. So actually, the grants and funding from the council or funds that we get from the government and other organizations so we work with a lot of community groups and charities across the district uh, awarding grants and funding for, for all sorts of, of fantastic community projects we do a lot of work with parish and town councils across the district supporting them with helping to maintain their assets such as community spaces play parks village halls um, some of our responsibility includes the management of green spaces so we look after a number of woodlands and green spaces in Gainsborough and work on others across the district as well. And we do quite a bit of work around supporting vulnerable communities. So communities where there's um, higher challenges around, it could be things such as, um, you know, cost of living impacting on, on poverty and, and things like that. But also we get involved working in partnership with the police on other local issues, whether that's antisocial behaviour, uh, rural crime, uh, and things uh, like that. 
Um, and um, some of the some of the day to day things that we look after are things like uh, street lighting. All, all those street lights of the county council, the district council also has over a thousand street lights, um, and we manage CCTV across the district, so public space CCTV to help uh, keep people and properties safe as well. That's, that's one of those, I'm going on holiday and I'm checking everything except the kitchen sink. <laughs> just, a, just a bit. Yeah. It's, it's gr- no day is, no two days are the same, that's I can, for sure. I can imagine. If you're dealing with poverty and you're dealing with streetlights, it's a huge yeah. divide there. Now, I want to go back to the poverty. You did kind of pick up on that. You say yeah. that the, the council or your role within the council is to, to kind of pinpoint and highlight areas of poverty. Uh, and that does happen during this winter time the winter pressures that poverty is a big thing because people overspend at Christmas or they're trying to deal with with Christmas and New Year and they've only got a certain budget to live on what what do you actually do hands-on within that area of poverty then Grant? So, so as, a, as a district council we've got some core responsibilities particularly related to things like housing mm. so some of our housing officers they um, they're, they're always there but they're, they're there obviously to provide support to to people in need so at the kind of extreme end of things um, we, we play a really important role in helping people that might be um, at risk of becoming homeless um, so we provide support and work with various partners to, to support people when they you know if they've reached that kind of crisis um, point uh, at the sort of the other end of the scale, more around like the preventative side, um, what a lot of district councils have, have been doing over the past um, past year to two years, um, a lot of grants and funding and support have been launched and, and issued by the government. And it tends to be the case that district councils are quite well positioned to administer and provide that support. So over the past couple of months, there's been various different things like council tax rebates um, taking place, uh, as well as household support funds and other discretionary housing payment type support. Um, different things, different people are eligible for, depending on personal circumstances. Mm-hmm. But So we play quite an active role behind the scenes sometimes, helping to administer that um, and making sure that, that funds and support from these schemes get out to people as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And do you have uh, enough kind of stock, uh, and um, hopefully I'm using the correct terminology, housing stock, uh, to enable that to be accessible for people who may be struggling over this winter, and any winter, uh, to, to actually rehouse them? Yeah, so it, it's, it's always a challenge. Yeah. Um, I think that the housing market across across the board is quite quite a challenging topic across the entire country around the supply of, of housing. Mm. In West Lindsay, as a district council, we're not a, a housing stock owner, so we don't own or run any um, housing accommodation directly ourselves. I see. Um, that's deli- delivered by some of the partners that we work with. So an example would be ACIS, um, which is a, obviously an organization well-rooted in Gainsborough, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, but we work really closely with, with partners such as ACIS and P3 and, and others to help support so we run a service called Home Choices, and that's that's the, the mechanism that a lot of people use to um, find housing and to, to, to put in applications for, for different housing opportunities. And, and we work with those partners and share information about people that might be in need and to, to promote whenever we've had some of these support payment type schemes so that people can be, become aware of them, apply for them, 
uh, or, or in some cases they're automatically eligible and we've been in touch with people to provide support where, where that's the case. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic because, I mean, people do find it hard, as we said, over the winter period. Um, are you in contact at all with, uh, let's say, food banks or um, organisations like the Salvation Army, which is our local food bank? Do you have any connection with them? Yeah, ab- absolutely. The food banks that we've got operating in West Lindsay, they mm. play such a really, I mean, we, we've seen it in, in both sort of local and national news, just the, the sheer role that food banks have been providing, not just in terms of providing the food support to people in need, but mm. they also provide that really important point of, of social interaction as well. You know, a, a family or, a, or someone going to a food bank, they'll not just get that food to support them at that critical point, but they might then get, you know, a listening ear and then advice and support to help access other support and services that, that can help address challenges. Um, over the past um, year or so since uh, since we sort of emerged out of the pandemic, we've really sort of ramped up how we work with food banks across our area. And what we've been really fortunate and been able to do is provide different sources of grant funding mm-hmm. to food banks in West Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And that's helped uh, food banks either to, uh, for short periods of time previously, they've been able to issue support vouchers, um, but also now providing funding through government schemes to ensure that they've got the funds in place to purchase food as well. One of the challenges that food banks have faced is that as the cost of living crisis sort of impacts people, um, it impacts people at, at, at in, in all sectors and all walks of life. Mm. So although some families might not necessarily be struggling as much, what we see is that they might be less willing to donate and to give. Uh, so yes. donations, do, donations both in terms of cash have gone down, but even donations of food have gone down. So that's one area where being able to provide extra funding to food banks, they're able to use that funds to top up the food supplies, which have gone down because of the, the drop in donations. It's true. I mean, I used to go to our local supermarkets and we have plenty to go to in our small town of Gaines. We've got, our, yeah. you know, the, the, the high street one, Tesco's, Morrison's Little. They used to have three or four trolleys that you could chuck a tin in or throw a box of cereal or whatever. Now, I think I went to Morrison's the other day and there was only one trolley and that was half empty. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know. And uh, it's, a, it's a challenge as well to get the right sort of food products. So this is something that food banks we know work really hard to try and make sure they've got a real mix of, of items that they can give to people because mm. it's it, yes, but some people might be at a crisis point where they need a food parcel, but it's still really important that they get balanced nutrition, so a good mix of products, so that particularly if it's a food parcel for you know someone with a family and and and, and particularly children, making sure that they get the right right input of, of healthy and nutritious food to to support them. And also that day-to-day thing, Grant, of, you know, maybe soap, toothpaste, washing up liquid, you know, those things that are, are, have gone up triple uh, in the last year. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And pet pet food as well. Ab- that's, yeah. that's the key one. Um, the, the cost of pet food has, has only gone up, the same as everything else in mm. supermarkets. So um, there's a lot of work and donate. People are, you know, very generous when they donate food to food banks. You also get donations like those, you know, cleaning products, nappies, um, and, uh, mm. and pet food and things like that. And and what's really nice to see as well, I know food banks across our area in uh, over the Christmas period that's just gone, we're, we're also 
um, all involved with getting donations of toys as well. So oh, they, right, they yeah. played a really, a really fantastic role in helping support um, families with, with issuing toys out to, so that, that children could have something over Christmas as well. One of the tough times uh, over the, this winter period, uh, and I know we're um, going to get some drastic weather over the next few weeks where we are uh, in the calendar right now and when people listen to this podcast, uh, are warm spaces. Do you have provision within the council for those? Yeah, so it's it, it's been a bit different in different areas of the country, sort of like the approach taken mm. uh, with warm spaces. So... I think one of the real great things about Gainsborough is, as a town, the community and voluntary sector, so the, the, that, that encompasses all community groups, charities, whether it's small local groups through to larger groups and organisations. The, the, the voluntary and community sector in Gainsborough is absolutely amazing. Mm. The, the level of commitment from, from people that want to, to give something back to their community, do something and provide support to people it is absolutely awe-inspiring in, in Gainsborough. And, and what we've already seen is that there's a lot of locations that, have, that were already providing warm spaces before it became kind of the, the current sort of phrase that, that's, that's more common now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they've, they've obviously done work at the local level to advertise that, that more. And I think that's where, so whilst as a district council, we haven't practically gone out and set up a warm space ourselves, what we're really keen to do is work with organisations that already have those community venues. Absolutely. And, how, and if, they're, if they're having challenges around the costs of running, that's, that's the role that we can really play in helping to access grant funding and things like that to, to cover those kind of costs of running those spaces. Um, and and that, that means that, the spaces that are the warm spaces, they're run by um, by our, our fantastic community groups and charities who who know their areas the best. They know the the people that they support best, um, and and build on that. And, and I think that's really important. We don't sort of sometimes there's a risk that that we sometimes parachute in and and create things. Yeah. Yep. And actually, the best thing that we can do is support what we've already got, enhance it, make it better and bigger mm. as mm. we need to. Mm. Um, and, and that's been really good. What, one thing that we, we do want to encourage groups and organisations to do, though, is to, to register their warm spaces. There is a national website that's trying to sort of map all the warm spaces across the country. Oh, fantastic. Um, so, I did not know that. Um, yeah, so try, trying to – and it's always difficult with these kind of mapping-type things, but I think trying to get that, that knowledge at a bigger level of where warm spaces are – um, so that that's just at warmspaces.org, um, but it's also a website that that people can use themselves to search for where warm spaces are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll continue to try and promote that and encourage groups to to register their spaces on that website. I think it's fantastic. I mean, the whole thing dominoes. It starts with the winter pressures, and what that is all about. The directive is is to try and alleviate some of the pressure on the NHS uh, to stop. Yeah. You know, yeah. big, big queues. I mean, I myself uh, went before Christmas. Um, we were in A&E. Our son was not very well. And we were in A&E for 14 and a half hours. Now, that's the way it is. But it was absolutely chocker. It was chocker with coughs and colds and sneezes and, and all sorts of things. It was chocker. And then they were queuing outside to get in. Anybody had thought that, you know, there was some kind of show on or something. Absolutely chocker. And what I think what you, you as a, 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 an organisation have done, Grant, is 
brilliant by awarding little pockets of money to help these what you've just cited these warm spaces where people have somewhere to go when they're not feeling so yeah. well they have a knit and nat or they have a drop in for a cup of tea and a, and, a, and a slice of cake or they have the library is a warm space but for you to support those organizations is brilliant what is the feedback from them well, it's, it's certainly been challenging. A lot of community organizations that run community venues, they've, they've faced challenges themselves. Yeah. Um, a lot of community venues, they were effectively closed down for quite a long period, obviously, during the, the pandemic. So for, for many of them, they, they've been in a state of trying to recover themselves mm. and get back to a point where, you know, if you think about the typical like community center or village hall, they're very reliant on bookings. Yeah. So people booking their space for events, activities, parties, all this kind of thing. And, and that's their income source to cover their, their bills, their, their volunteer expenses and staffing. Um, and we were able to provide support to some types of community venues during the pandemic. So there were grant funding um, awards made to village halls to support them. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still a challenge. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, they've got to generate enough money to, to cover their costs and, and as I think as we've all seen, the costs of uh, energy and heating are increasing, and that then applies to a community venue as mm -hmm. well. Um, sadly, just because a, a, a building is run by a charity doesn't mean that they don't also have to face the increased cost for their gas main supply or electricity um, charges. I mean, even um, being devil's advocate, the price of tea, coffee, milk, you know, oh, and, Absolutely, and the cake—you know—if you can have cake and biscuits, all that is doubled and tripled in price, isn't it? It, it has absolutely, and and what we've also seen. So, so there's some fantastic community venues and community spaces out there, and one of their ongoing challenges is around volunteering mm -hmm. and um, maintaining and having the right number of volunteers to deliver different projects and services. It is a real challenge for, for many community organisations. We saw a, a fantastic growth in uh, volunteering during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. it, it was this, there was a real sense of <clears throat> people wanting to, to give something back to the community. And, and we found that a lot of, lot more people were either working from home or were furloughed yeah. or, um, you know, sadly out of work. Um, so it did mean that for a time we had more people with more time to volunteer. Yeah. But and now that we're sort of the pandemics behind us, this, Throughout 2022, we've seen more people go back to work or have to go to work to, to earn a living again. And, and so we've seen volunteering numbers go down as a result. So um, community groups, as I say, they do a fantastic job, but um, there's always that, that pressure from various directions on them. So that's, that's where, you know, working with grant funding schemes to help address their funding needs and then working with partners um, in, in our kind of wider community sector, like the Volunteer Centre, to help with, you know, attracting volunteers to support these uh, fantastic groups. Well, uh, I'd like to say we're coming to the close of the podcast. You have just hit all the nails on the head there with the groups, with uh, the Voluntary Service Centre, with looking and recruiting volunteers. Like I said earlier, Grant, everything except the kitchen sink, my friend. You brought, yeah. you, you brought it all in. Now, as we come to the close of our podcast, I'd just like to ask, I guess, one question. Uh, and it's the yeah. question, I'm just being devil's advocate. If I am struggling, I'm feeling a bit lonely, a bit isolated, um, in a nutshell, mate, 
what should I do? So I think the two key things is there's a lot of support and help that's very close to hand. Yep. So there's lots of national places that you can go to. So people that if they're really struggling, you can go, you know, people know of organizations like the Samaritans and, and organizations like that that provide that, that befriending, that immediate contact with another human being mm-hmm. to provide a listening ear to help and support. Mm-hmm. But also look at what's available within reach, literally, potentially in your community. Um, organizations such as Southville and the work that you do you know, getting involved and whether that's just going along to local coffee mornings and interacting with people mm-hmm. or reaching out and asking for help from a local community group or charity. Um, if it's on the cost of living side of things, it's really important to speak up if, if the financial pressure is is sort of bearing down on you. A lot of people facing financial hardship, it, it's like a crushing sensation on your chest. Mm-hmm. This, this thought that you can't pay the bills and more and more bills are coming in. Yep. So it's really important to ask for help to reach out. There's a lot of help that places like Citizens Advice can, can provide. Um, and there's lots of different schemes that different people are eligible for. Citizens Advice is one of those great organizations where they'll have a fantastic listening ear, help you understand you know current financial challenges, make sure that you're receiving everything that you're eligible to receive in terms of benefits and payments Mm -hmm. but they'll also work with you longer term to help you know other changes other things that you can do to to make things better in terms of your own personal finances as well grant i'd like to say hand on heart thank you very much for your openness and your honesty and your the advice and everything that's out there but i think the key message that you've just given me and we're giving it to our listeners as well is don't sit there in silence ask for help it is out there um, absolutely really just just to, to, to add as well but we've on on the district council's web page yep um but for those that have got access to the, to the internet we've got a, a dedicated page or title cost of living support and and that then got a lot of those useful links to some of the things that i've, I've touched on and and to lots of others as well and, and it's a really good source if any new support payments and grant schemes uh, are launched from the government that's where we put all that information as well I will get onto the site, I will copy that link, and I will put it in the body of the description of the podcast when it goes out. There you go. We've, Lovely. We've got that. Thank you ever so much. Grant, I'd like to say, as your mate, in the uh, world of looking after folks out there, don't suffer in silence, everyone. There is help out there, and I concur with what Grant is saying. Grant White, now I know his second name. Thank you ever so much, my friend, for being part of our podcast, and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you. Thank you very much, mate. Bye for now. Thank you. Take care. Bye. So there you have it. Another great podcast from Grant White down there at West Lindsay District Council. And like he said, if you want to know any information, just get straight on their website. It's all out there about what is happening during this winter time in and around Gainsborough, any information about rents and, and safe spaces and warm spaces, everything you need to know during this winter time, during the winter pressures uh, time, what we're experiencing in and around the Gainsborough area. This is Bill from Stepping Stone Theatre for Mental Health saying thanks very much to Grant and uh, thanks very much for you to listening. Uh, don't forget to join us next time on the Winter Pressures podcast which you never know who we're going to be talking to. I'll let you know when I find out myself. Take care for now. We'll speak to you very, very soon.